In a COVID year, having a robust business plan with the built-in flexibility to pivot was critical. And I applaud businesses and entrepreneurs of all industries worldwide who have worked hard to stay relevant and operational. But there are three other more critical ingredients. As a public relations practitioner, I always encourage my clients to go through this exercise to gain clarity on their purpose. I ask them these three questions. What is your passion? What are your areas of expertise? And what do you value most? In this episode, we will talk with a business owner of a newly established Pilates studio to learn firsthand how these three elements have kept her steadfast in her determination to excel, even when obstacles kept popping up unexpectedly along her path. Rachel Bood was in pursuit of excellence in her field of study when in 1998 she was diagnosed with a rare type of arthritis affecting the spine, which forced her to pivot away from pursuing dance as a full-time career. Her misfortune led to a deeper dive into her studies in anatomy to better understand her own body and manage pain. Rachel came to the Comox Valley in 2006 and was introduced to Pilates for Rehabilitation by Lynn Brandon of Bodyworks Physiotherapy. Using her own knowledge of anatomy and movement with Pilates ignited a new passion for sharing the benefits to help people find trust and safety in their own bodies. Rachel then became a Stott Pilates practitioner, certified in mat and reformer, and continues to seek more specialized knowledge, including a recent qualification as a TRE provider, which stands for Trauma Releasing Exercises, a series of innovative exercises to aid the body in releasing deep muscular tension and stress. But it doesn't stop there. The dream of one day opening her own studio came true in early 2020. Rachel had finally achieved one of her many pursuits. Eight weeks later, the first government-imposed COVID-19 restrictions came into effect. What happens next for Rachel is a vivid reminder of the power of our why. Well, I'm really excited to have Rachel Bood on my episode today, episode four. Here we are. Yay. <laughs> Rachel, I was introduced to Rachel kind of haphazardly. She came to one of my fitness classes, a hit class at a studio here in our town and was overwhelmed with just how enthusiastic Rachel always was, full of joy and light and energy. And then our paths crossed once again when she opened up her new studio. We're going to spend a lot of time in this episode talking about her studio and I was able to be an instructor in her studio. The experience has been amazing because I can connect again with community even during a COVID year. And we did that very uniquely. Rachel will tell us all about that in this episode. Mm-hmm. Rachel, welcome and thank you so much for believing in this podcast, wanting to be a guest with me here today. Super happy to have you on. Yay, I'm really excited to be here. This is, this is an exciting venture, Mary. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, you know, part of me wants to start right away with that last question I asked. Mm-hmm. And because your choice answer says so much about who you are, and it makes sense now, the journey that you've taken. But then I thought, well, if I jump into that last question now, then 
I can't build the suspense that I want the <laughs> listeners to have. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and being a being a clever, cunning storyteller that I am, yes. I'm going to leave the suspense to keep our listeners holding on to the very end when we spend some time talking about that last question. So let's just dive in right away with what my first question was to you. It tends to be a theme with me talking about entrepreneurs. And my question to you was, as a women entrepreneurs, we have a strong entrepreneurial spirit to thrive, not just survive, no matter what it takes. Yet often we are faced with the fear of failure. How did you come overcome the most challenging year in your history, in our history, and then just keep moving forward to ensure success of your business? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, actually, so many pieces, like parts of that question uh, hit me. Uh, one, I, I do believe that women entrepreneurs are different. Yeah, um, but I also believe that women entrepreneurs are trying to do it almost energetically. Um, I, I've, I've, I've felt that this last year. And, um, and I, I really believe deep down that we can choose to do that differently. We can choose to embrace women's energy and run our businesses and our communities with love and joy and support and lifting each other up rather than competition and, and <laughs> cutthroatness. I don't know what the words are there. Yeah, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, um, but because I started my business, um, like 2020, because I started my business, I mean, in January of 2020. So it's not like I was established. It's not like I had something already rolling where I could, you know, make some clear decisions around what to do next. Uh, it really felt for me being a new business. It was a whole year of passion and, and joy and then enter COVID. And uh, yeah, so that what what that did for me we had the first shutdown in March and um full stop <laughs> on what I was already on is pretty fast moving train and um I realized how exhausted I was I realized how much I had actually pushed to get that done which was incredible I mean what a feat and that's amazing mm -hmm. um but it was at a sacrifice to to me and and my relationships and uh because it was it was all consuming um, so I didn't pivot what it was, I was watching social media as we do and social media was doing what social media does best and it was showing everybody's best pieces and it looked and it felt like to me everybody else was pivoting right away, um, had the tools to do that, the knowledge to do that, they were all doing really well, they were giving their services away for free because they could, and I thought to myself, how, how can I even do this, how, how can I sustain or build build because I've just started um, keep my doors open and offer services for free like it seemed most people were doing um, with a with a deep knowing that I did I wanted people I wanted to help people I wanted to support people but there was also how do I keep my dream alive right so um, what I did was gave myself permission to do nothing I gave myself permission to stop that train and um, rest because I needed it. And just kind of reflect, get back to the feeling that I had when I started this venture. Uh, what it unveiled for me is that the pieces that I really loved 
about my studio and about my dream was building a community of practitioners and teachers, um, having a neutral place where people could come and feel supported and, and take care of themselves and lift each other up, all those things. Yeah. So it was, it was hard to step back when I was in such a place of controlling the outcome of what, what my dream was. I had to really step back and stop. That was hard. And courageous. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, and, and uh, just like what Simon Sinek says, sticking to your why. Mm. You kept your why at the forefront of all your decision making and fueled your passion to keep moving forward. Mm. Yeah, and there, there was there was a piece of grief for me. Like there is there is mm. a piece of grief. Like and, and and as soon as I stopped, I was like, whoa, there's grief. Like, and it's not that I lost anything because I really feel like I gained a lot. But there were, you know, I think we all went through that in the pandemic, a grief of of what of what was or our, our understanding of of what our futures might hold, right? Or even just a it, it just at a really cellular level, I felt grief. And and I really took some time to honor that. And it allowed me to get to get back to um, that authenticity, that that why. Then you know it's interesting when you give yourself that time to rest and reflect. Then things are born out of that, right? So then all of a sudden, I I, I knew. I woke up one morning and I was like, I need to connect to my community. I, I need to touch base with people. I need to collaborate with people. Those are things that drive me as a person. And. So I learned how to use Zoom. Here we are a year later using Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so I reached out to people in my community and with connection and curiosity and authenticity and started um, to collaborate with them, supporting each other, not necessarily to build our businesses, but ultimately it did do that, um, but to fill our souls and just to fill our souls. Um, yeah. So, I mean, out of all that, you know, we talk about pivoting and we talk about um, what we did in COVID <laughs> to save our businesses or to, to change our businesses. But really for me, I think the biggest piece was learning to move that moving forward sometimes means slowing down and connecting um, and having an overall goal, but being willing to go with the flow. You know, we take women take, have high expectations of themselves and we are the, the caregivers and the, organizers and the jugglers um where we can really let some of that go and, and allow things to unfold as they may wow so powerful what a year mm. you have had let's talk about zoom though <laughs> say oh, it with me zoom. just uh, i love technology <laughs> i love I technology, love technology. <laughs> yes that's like a basically mantra around here as you like palm smash the technology <laughs> that was not a high five ipad <laughs> the fuckity fuck fuck <laughs> but you endured yeah. and survived and came up and came out in spades with this wonderful system but well aren't, aren't we lucky actually i think it's something you said one time you're like oh like you know like aren't we lucky that we even have this tool because otherwise we would have nothing so it ultimately was a gift yeah, yeah, I suppose it was. It made us um, really think outside the box, become mm -hmm. creative, use that mm -hmm. creative dynamic part of the brain. Uh, yeah, so many things we learned. I remember though, Rachel such uh, these wonderful people that you want to work with. She, I had only been with the studio perhaps a month. 
And Rachel said, hey, yay, we're going on a girls weekend, Victoria. We're going to do some training, have a nice, how, how cool is that to build up this team with a retreat in a COVID year, nonetheless. <laughs> and on that trip, um, I was just delighted to be part of it because I, I do value connection and community. Very, very important to me. And the fact that as women, there needs to be less competition and far mm -hmm. more support, mm -hmm. raising each other up. Mm -hmm. So on, on that trip, when we had our, our moment to sit down at, at dinner, I became quite curious <laughs> about your backstory, Rachel, how this whole world unfolded for you. And you give a, a pretty good explanation in your, in your biography on the website, beautiful website, by the way. I think that it was important to tell our listeners a little bit about that interesting backstory. Because <laughs> that probably tells a little better picture of your drive and your passion to move forward. Which part? <laughs> Rachel as oh, the little life. girl dancing around in the grocery store in her kitchen. Take us back to that little Rachel. I have, I'm such a, I'm such a visual person. And so like in, in my mind, my childhood is this like split screen. Rachel in, in a pink frilly princess dress that like I wore everywhere. <laughs> um, like, you know, split screen with Rachel playing in the mud with friends. <laughs> <laughs> which basically sums up my personality. I can see it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, movement. I'm like, I, my body basically came into this world moving and, and with joy, you know, I <laughs> danced in the living room, you know, in front of the hockey game while my dad and my brother are watching the hockey game. Look, look at what I can do. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, movement has always given me joy, and um, and fundamentally, I feel like um, that is what movement should do. You know, it's you know we move for lots of different reasons. People have lots of different goals, and that's totally fair. Um, for me, it has been about joy, and 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 uh, again at a cellular level, really feeling the world through my body in it. Incredible. Mm. Mm. I don't know if that gives my backstory necessarily, but it absolutely gives context to how I've done everything. Yeah. So you had a pivotal moment in your life. <laughs> if I can. So, so many actually. <laughs> Not just the COVID year, and that was yeah. like that was dramatic enough. <laughs> yeah. But you were on a trajectory to take your love of movement in one direction when the world said, mm, "We have a different plan for you." Mm -hmm. Well, in multiple ways. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I loved movement. I was, you know, I never was um, as a little girl. I, I was always. I, mean, I wasn't like a tiny little girl. I've always been um, a big and boisterous person and um, physically and emotionally. <laughs> yeah, I loved dance. My family absolutely facilitated that. I absolutely was going to be a dancer. I had some incredible people in my life that helped me foster that. And I would um, 
have said, I will be a professional dancer and I will own dance studios. And actually I wrote a letter to myself in grade seven as a project. <laughs> that was what my dream was. So a couple of things um, at, well, I actually got pregnant at 16 and had my son, um, which was obviously a huge change in path. I had some incredible women, uh, people. Um, my family was incredible uh, mm. and um, absolutely or allowed me to maintain belief in myself as an individual and as a parent. So um, mm-hmm. And I had, I had um, in the dance community, I had an amazing dance teacher who, you know, I thought my dancing was going to be over and that was it. I was going to be, you know, this young mom and sort of stuck in that situation. And um, so, you know, it was a big deal for me to tell her and her response was, uh, you know, she took a moment, she took a pause and, and then she looked at me, she said, well, well, I guess we'll get you teaching then. Let's go. Literally took me from the change room out into the studio and that was it. So wow. she actually was, um, that, her name is Margaret Clark and she's an amazing, amazing woman. And um, she, she started me tech, really on my teaching journey then. So, um, and empowered me to not only be able to support myself as a, a teenage mother, um, but also to, she believed in me. She knew that, that um, I could do this. I could, I could be a parent and I could continue my dream. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, she, she was amazing. And I, we still talk today and I love her very much um, and was a huge piece of, of me moving forward for not just as a parent, but for myself. And I started teaching and she had this um, model. She, she, you know, just, she wanted me to feel like I, I could do it myself. So she said, I'll pay you this much when you start. And every month that you have the same amount of kids in your classes, I will pay you this much more. And it, I don't know, it just was so, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what, it's a goal, I can do that. And um, yeah, my son was raised in that dance studio. And then, um, well, not raised. I mean, and then when we were, when he was- Is he wearing the pink tutu now? <laughs> no, I got him a blue dance t- sweatshirt, actually. <laughs> Claire School of Dance right across the front. <laughs> um, yeah, and then when my son was three, so then I started my teacher certification from there. So um, I, I was actually too young to do my certification. So I did two years of uh, intense study while teaching and ended up getting my first two certifications of my Association of International Dance Teachers. Um, and I, at the time, was the youngest person to do that. And then when I was 19, we moved to... Um, the lower mainland and I was going to be going to because um, so I actually finished high school in the lower mainland and um, and then applied for the SFU dance program because I always wanted to do that and I was going to um, you know get undergrad in kinesiology and and this dance program um, but then it was really it was really hard I mean I got I did the audition I got the grades, I got in, and I was like, I can't, as a single parent, cannot sustain that schedule, being a, like a full dance schedule, training and performing on top of a full academic schedule, which was the expectation for the program at the time, and that was, I, I had to make a choice, I, I, well, actually, it became pretty clear, 
what was great is that I went through the process of doing it. It was scary to do it. And I knew that going in, but I went through the pro I knew what the expectation would be going in it, but I needed to go through the process of knowing that I could, I could have done it. You know what I mean? Like I, I did, I was, I was there, I got it. And then I made the choice to, to not do it because I, I ultimately didn't want to take that amount of time away from my son. And, and at, he was super important and, and such a, look, I mean, I, I wanted to raise him. So <laughs> pivot number, I don't know, where are we at there? <laughs> it's becoming a common household word. Right. Where are we pivoting to today? <laughs> so yeah, so then I, I chose to not do that. So then I did um, uh, finish my advanced associates um, for international dance teachers and um, another great support system down there, a bunch of amazing women. And then, yeah, taught super competitively, um, adjudicated, did some uh, professional choreography, did some, you know, dance jobs. And, um, but then I ended up, uh, I was training like eight hours a day um, and teaching and uh, I was having debilitating pain a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of pain like looked around I'm like okay nobody else is crying will they do that that's weird (laughs) and uh, which started a journey uh, of uh, diagnoses and and investigation and um, then I was diagnosed with I actually originally thought I had lupus but I was actually diagnosed with inclusive spondylitis which is um, degenerative arthritis that fuses your your spine and your joints um, mm-hmm. and yeah and that that changed things again because what I thought I, my body was going to be able to do it absolutely could not do that anymore um like at that point my husband uh had to carry me to the bathroom like I could oh get through, yeah like by the time I finished training in a day I, I actually could not get myself like off like from one place to another um my pain was so bad so that was another whole journey. Um, and just referring back to um, moving with joy, that was gone. It was gone. It was taken away. And that, that was devastating for me. So I, and I wasn't at that point, so I'm 20 and, and the answer is to be on, you know, prescription anti-inflammatories for the rest of my life. Well, at 20, you still have a lot of life. <laughs> right. So um, but it actually didn't feel like I had a lot of life. It felt like I was a slave to my body, which was uh, really different than my body had ever felt. And, um, yeah, I, I became then passionate about, um, I did have extensive anatomy training with my, um, teaching, uh, certifications and that those two things collided and created a new passion, which was honoring where you're at and doing what you can and finding joy in that. So powerful. Yeah. Well, yeah, very different from, from, you know, you don't don't know what you got till you lose it, I guess. (laughs) All those things came together. You think about like, you know, teaching preschoolers and classroom management and, and, uh, but then, okay, you know, somebody who can't do this and who can't do that, um, somebody else who can't do this and can't do that. Well, how do we come together? How do we enjoy this and, and 
we have an experience together and you have an experience within your body to empower you to feel good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that really like snowballs for me that, I mean, that is my passion is um, we don't have to be, we don't have to be elite athletes or performing at a, at a high level to enjoy our bodies. So let's fast forward now and just talk about what it is that you provide in your studio. I mentioned that uh, I wanted to create the space um, for, I have, I have Mary, I've created this space. You have. That <laughs> beautiful created space. A space oh, thank you. Um, where people can come in a non-intimidating way and, and people, instructors, practitioners, yeah, mothers, grandmothers, you know, fathers, anybody, anybody can come in and feel um, successful in what they do and how they move their body wherever they're at. Um, so there's the piece of movement for me, very um, important that uh, I um, and my teachers are imparting their movement with passion, um, but also uh, as a teacher, a long-term teacher of movement in general, um, both in dance and Pilates, um, you know, it can be a lonely business. Sometimes I feel like, you know, teachers are, you know, jumping from studio to studio. They don't have a home to land in, um, you know, or you kind of feel like there is that competition where you can't go take an exercise class over there because they know you teach over here or you can't, you know what I mean? Like there's that sort of political stuff. And I really wanted just to create a space where it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, this is neutral and it's for you. Because of my tendency to always make connections with mm. people's life stories, I think of something, a passage I read in the book. And in this case, when you talk about creating a space, Robert Greene, he's the author of Mastery, and I've mentioned this in an earlier podcast. It's a wonderful book. Anybody who really wants to dig deep and to understand how to reach a level of mastery by studying great masters of the past, like Albert Einstein, Da Vinci, they all have character traits in common. And one such is the open field concept, the creative dynamic brain. And it says that what the open field is, is create a space to build something new. By creating something new, you will create your own audience and attain the ultimate position of power in culture. Mm. I think, no, I feel and I've experienced your open space, the space that you've created and know full heartedly that you have created some power in your business, in your field of study. But more so, you've attracted an audience of people who resonate with your message, with your why. They mm. just want to come and feel vulnerable and move and listen to their bodies and share that experience. So for you to have created this space without the competition is such a refreshing experience mm. for, for the user. So congratulations. And I might add congratulations on your one year anniversary. <laughs> Thank you and thank you. <laughs> so tell the listeners what the name of your studio is. 
Yeah, so Aligned Movement Studios. So <laughs> I love the open space because actually it is a struggle from a marketing perspective, right? Everything we know is like, you know, you, you find your niche, you find your, your ideal client, all those things. Um, for me, though, I do feel like this open it's hard for me to narrow it down because um, I really do feel like people are attracted to what works for them. And, um, and so this year particularly, I'm going to stay really um, grounded in, in just who I am so that, and then allow things to unfold as they are. But Align Movement Studios is a place to create movement. So I particularly uh, teach Pilates and I am a STOT certified Pilates instructor. Yeah, so I am passionate about the reformer specifically and but also Matt and uh, it gives me a tool. Pilates is a tool, uh, a conduit to, to creating great movement in people for themselves or giving them the tool to create movement for themselves. Um, everyone from rehab to elite athletes there is a challenge in a reformer class for everybody and um even my levels like you know everything's so quantified in levels and moving up in levels and so when I rolled out my classes I decided instead of doing levels I'm going to do descriptions so they are a descriptive class does that class resonate for you then it's for you so um, that's been an interesting little little experiment because <laughs> people really want to know what the number is right um <laughs> and uh yeah and then out of that you know birth the bar program and and you and Chantel have have come along and and fostered that even through uh COVID which has been really really fun and and yoga, we've had some great yoga teachers, um, including yourself, come in and uh, start a program. And we'll see how things unfold. Like, you know, I do, I do feel like it's a new year and things are, you know, the same, but we know so much more. So I'm, I'm curious to see um, what 2021 attracts for, for movement here. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. approaching the year with curiosity it's probably mm -hmm. the healthiest thing we can do <laughs> yeah. the only thing yeah, we can do control us out the window mary the window. what did my therapist say to me she says mary we no longer talk balance in life we just talk about find the ease because yeah. balance is bullshit <laughs> yeah yeah 2021 <laughs> yeah that's smart 2021 and that's my that's my word or my mantra for 2021 is ease right? It's, it's, uh, it's what creates ease and moving towards ease, not, mm -hmm. not necessarily, which is funny because I actually compare ease to achievement, which is crazy because if we're looking from a perspective of abundance, right? Abundance mindset is that ease creates abundance and achievement. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, what's meant to happen is going to happen, whether we're banging our head against the wall or we're sitting in a place of peace and, and grounding. Yeah, I've got it. I've got an acronym, acronym okay. for ease. Okay. Another thing that us connectors do yeah, in yeah. our brains. Yeah, yeah. Ease, energy, alignment, space, enjoyment. Oh, I love it. Bam. Bam. Yeah. You could start a signature program, the ease program. I nice. 
Yes. See, this is what happens when women collaborate, like-minded women. We start bouncing ideas off each other. And the next thing you know, we have changed the world. Yeah. Beautiful things. (laughs) Beautiful things. Yep. We need more of that for sure. This is why I was so excited about having this conversation with you today, Rachel, because um, (laughs) I gravitated to that energy right away when I was given the invitation haphazardly to come and teach a bar. It was supposed to be just one bar class. We need help. For Chantal. (laughs) The next thing I know, it's like, whoa, this is a regular gig for me. And, and I've got clients who are coming and saying, I like your class, Mary. <laughs> uh, higher power coming together, you know. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I, again, another passage I read in a book recently, and it, it stuck with me when I was reading your backstory. And it come, this passage comes from Women, Why Women Can't Sleep by Ada Calhoun. Again, another book <laughs> I've mentioned earlier. And there's a passage in there. She says, many women told me their careers were derailed by family responsibilities Mm. or medical problems. Mm. And then I would say to that, well, derailment, I would conclude was never an option, not for Rachel. Rachel, you stayed on this track with a mindset of a master. And if the definition by Robert Greene is one who pushes past the novice stage while maintaining that open-mindedness to observe and to learn, to a point that they become an expertise in their own field of study and then allowing that opportunity to take them on to bigger and better challenges. Mm. That is certainly, you personify that definition. Like if you were to have a bumper sticker title, (laughs) what would that title be? I mean, we can't fit all that on there because it would be one kick-ass song. It'd be super tiny, all all the little words. No one would ever read it. Another acronym. Even the acronym acronym would be long on that. It would be too long for the bumper. (laughs) (laughs) Wide load driving through is just for my bumper sticker. Jeez. That's a good, I have a bumper sticker. Gosh, I don't even know. Okay, we'll we'll save that yeah. one for the end. I'll give you the rest okay. of this <laughs> conversation. You know, one of the best interviewers of all times. Unfortunately, he just passed. Larry King, he was eighty-seven oh, years old. That. Yeah. And one of the things that so many people who were interviewed by him or interviewed him had always said was that he never made the interview so intimidating. He actually turned it into a conversation. Mm-hmm which created ease for, right. for the subject. Yeah. He allowed voices to be shared and to be heard, whether those opinions were right or wrong. He just gave a platform for that dialogue to, to happen. We acknowledge his wonderful work in the industry of media and interviewing people, but uh, he's probably one of the individuals that we all want to emanate at some point in life when we, yeah. when we sit down in those conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Learn the backstory, the authenticity mm-hmm. of who they are, what they do and why they do it. Yeah, it's so interesting, hey? We never really know. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, which is alluded to when we talk about that last question that we're going to keep the listeners hanging on to. <laughs> so funny. I can't even remember the last question. I'm That's like, okay. oh my God. I'll remind you. <laughs> but here is one great question. We've kind of talked about it already. Um, how did you embody the strengths of other women in your profession and organization to keep your business going? Like, did you discover anything wise in the process, like such as the importance of teamwork, building a tribe, uh, strengths of others to fortify that tribe? Yeah, well, I, um, I, as I mentioned earlier, when I, um, 
<laughs> woke up to that real need to connect. So that connection launched a um, bunch of Zoom they were just meant to be Zoom meetings, but they ended up being like profound for me. They weren't meant to be really for anybody else. And, but um, they actually uh, really did. And I was like, okay, there's so many amazing women in this wellness community. And um, at that point, it was about making connections and, and supporting each other. But um, out of that, it, it, like, you know, it solidified that, that that's the way that I want to move forward is working together as a team, as a community. So that's bigger than my studio. That is with practitioners. That is with other teachers. That is with clients. And, um, and really knowing that it does take a village. It takes a village to run a business. It takes a business to manage your health. I think I said take a business, but it takes a village to manage your health. It takes a village to lift each other up. And um, we have uh, we have amazing wellness community here, um, but we have amazing women in this community. And uh, there, there were lots that I turned to um, <laughs> with just my hands up, like, what? do and the amount of support and and uh open armed gifts that they shared with me um you know i'll i'll never forget and 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 i will pass forward or pay forward forever and and back back towards them Mm -hmm. i believe 2021 is going to be that year that we are Mm -hmm. going to embrace community better than we ever had Mm. with a with a real real with a real realness with it you know like just like we're past the bullshit honestly yes. I, I think that is one of the big gifts that COVID did give us is that like okay you know fuck the, the, the shit I'm, I'm gonna not pretend things are okay I'm not pretending you know like this is hard this is hard for everyone we can recognize the humanness and help each other out um that that is what COVID, you know, kind of left me with um, and, and made me really appreciate people who, who were real through yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's certain truths, certain agreements that mm-hmm. we all have to make in our, mm-hmm. in our belief system first before mm-hmm. we're ready mm-hmm. to entertain the idea of community. Mm-hmm. To lay swords down, and by swords I would say ego Mm-hmm. And then be completely vulnerable because I believe there's beauty in that. When another person sees you say, I'm feeling completely uncertain or vulnerable in this situation and don't have a solution, I'm reaching to you for help. Mm-hmm. If that those words are it just can stifle any fire, any tension that can mm-hmm. be building up, whether it's between couples or in a family or in a community mm-hmm. or between. Mm-hmm competitive markets it just finally lays the groundwork they're all even and that's I think we need more of that we need Mm -hmm. more of you Rachel more Rachels in the world (laughs) who have that open-mindedness and approach to say let's have that sense of connection and that burning curiosity and a desire to create community Mm -hmm. yep 
Hence and why. And kindness. Mm-hmm. Hashtag be kind, mm-hmm. Dr. Bonnie yeah, because, Henry. Right, yeah. Because we can have all those things. We can ask for all those things. And then the response we get can sometimes be superficial and or you know, but responding with an equal amount of vulnerability and kindness is, is what puts us on the same page, you know, and allows us to move forward together. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Are we ready for some flashcards? Oh, okay. Let's do it. Flashcards. This is the part where I just throw a random fast thinking question, just one word, or well, maybe a couple. (laughs) but not a kick-ass bumper sticker um so you provide me with whatever shows up in your mind and if we ramble on and go off on a tangent and that's perfectly okay Okay. word number one authenticity Mm, authenticity for me just just absolutely means showing up wherever you are um going back to that realness Wow. If you're having a bad day, that's great. You're having a bad day. Like there's, uh, for me, no, no reason to, you know, to not just be where you are. Resilience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ability to, uh, well, actually I was just going to say just now to endure, but it's not. I absolutely think that the ability to take the time to recover and grow and not just push through and endure to me means kind of push through. And, and I have done that. Yeah. I've t- talked about already doing that in just certain times in my life. And I feel like enduring and is not the same, you know, it means pushing through. And I feel like recovering and growing is what resiliency means. Yeah. To me. Yeah. The classic definition of that ability to bounce back, but mm-hmm what's happening, what action is happening in the enabling part of the Mm -hmm. ability to bounce back is for you that rest. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. I I mean, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, um, and, and then the growth, right. Because I can bounce back to where I was before. Right. Um, or, or I can come out of it with new insight. I can come out of it with a knowing, um, a knowing where I was, and how I want to move forward. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability. <laughs> um, I can't wait to watch this back because I feel like I'm going to contradict myself. Vulnerability to me means letting go. I mean, yeah, control is a fun game and, and letting go and just letting things unfold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last word before we get to the last question mm. that I've got everybody all excited <laughs> and anxious to get to. They're going to play it on like three times the speed, and all they're here is going to last question, and then it looks okay. Here it is. Oh, but before that, <laughs> change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a lot of change. I, I, <laughs> I think that's why rest is so important to me, is because I actually feel like my life has just been. Um, not in a negative way, like I'm going to say this and it's going to sound a bit negative, but a series of um, change and adaptions. And, and, and so sometimes I need a rest from change. <laughs> I guess change means adaption for me. Adapting, adapting and 
Yeah. I mean, I don't fear change, but sometimes I'm tired of change. Okay. It's there. All right. It's the air we breathe. All right. Damn it. Let's stop acknowledging it. Just <laughs> yes. inhale. Yeah, take it. a pause. Yeah. yeah. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. <laughs> This is it. I, I welcome change. I welcome change. <laughs> if change was that fucking iPad and mic system <laughs> <laughs> and Zoom and remembering to hit the damn record button. Oh, gosh. If we can endure yeah. that kind of change, then we're okay. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, so many times. Um, Shit. Record the class. <laughs> Rachel's got this unique thing going on here. She, it, it's so great because she's so true to her customers that in a lot of students, like if you don't show up and you paid for it, you missed the class, fuck it. So what? it's your loss. But no, Rachel's like, no, in a COVID year and you can't be here for whatever reason, you're not feeling great and you can't live stream from home or you can't come into the studio just because either the restrictions have been imposed on us or they're not able to for their own volition. Rachel always makes sure that they have access to a class. So we record the classes if nobody has come. And so the dynamic of looking at your, the screen and then the people in class, like one or the other is fine. You get single attention focused on these people in the studio or I'm singly focused on the iPad. But when they're both there, you just don't know who to talk to. And you're looking and you're looking and students are looking at you trying to figure out, and they've got those eyes like, what is she doing over there? And you're just staring at yourself in the mirror like, ooh, I look good. <laughs> Not in the mirror, in the screen. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then there it's should really be, daunting. And there, there should be um, like some sort of like urban dictionary for word for like getting bamboozled by yourself in, in the zoom you're like oh look at my form what's my shoulder doing there oh my goodness down the rabbit hole yeah. well, what's worse is you start having a conversation with yourself in the yeah. screen and your class is watching you you're like have you just completely checked out like what's happening here oh i like own that i'm like okay Okay, we all know Rachel's a little cuckoo. Sometimes <laughs> I'm talking with you, sometimes <laughs> I'm talking with me. <laughs> if nothing else, COVID has taught us how to laugh at ourselves. Absolutely. Which is the whole part of letting go. Yeah, letting the go of perfection too, right? Like letting go so that, well, we fucked that up. Cool. <laughs> Next one, let's try again. <laughs> so here <laughs> So this summarizes it. It just makes perfect sense when the answer you gave completely summarizes the whole thing. And I'll, I ask this of just about everybody because I'm an avid book reader, worm, yeah. worm <laughs> yeah. audio books, whatever. What was your favorite read in 2020 or of all time? Yeah. yeah, well, my first thought was, holy shit, did people have time to read in 2020? <laughs> I was thinking, like, okay, manuals for technology, um, you know, tutorials on Zoom, those things. I totally read them. Not enjoyable. I would not recommend it. Uh, <laughs> so I had to kind of dig a little considerably further back. So actually what I did is like, okay, 
a book. Just close your eyes and think about a book. And the, the book that came to mind, with, which I, I agree, perfect, is The Four Agreements. Um, I, oh gosh, I read that book hmm, maybe 16 years ago. A dear friend gave it to me. And, um, and yeah, the, the Four Agreements are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. What a great way to sum up life, but particularly where we are after this pandemic. It's a book that I forgot all about and I came across it one of, and I can't even remember it was a dental office, a doctor's, I don't know, but it was there in a basket. And the reason why I remembered is because when you mentioned that book and I went back and I looked at the cover, Mm-hmm. Oh, that cover, of course. Yeah, the four, yeah. four corners. And, yeah, and a very colorful um, cover on the front. Yeah. And like, yes. So I started again with the book, and it suddenly yeah. came flashing back. But when you re well for me, listen to yeah. it in the context of 2020, it has different meaning or yeah. almost more profound meaning. Expanded, yeah, for sure. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I, I feel like when I read that book, it was a real personal experience. It was a real personal reflection. And now when I went to also grabbed the book out and flipped through, it became a global experience and a global perspective for me. I, yeah, which obviously it is, but I, I it just agree that it seemed way more profound when I looked at it this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of the four agreements, which one really sticks the most? Ooh. Or do they all have equal weight? The, the one that is sticks out the most is don't take anything personally. You know, I feel like I live my life from a real passionate perspective. From a Jess, I kind of jump in with two feet and this is my bumper sticker. Here I am. Now what? Yes. <laughs> the aligned movement swoosh on it right and so I mean I really do I live my life where I jump in and I'm like really here I am here now what and so when um that doesn't jive for people you know on a personal level or or you know things don't work out I do take things on personally because I'm usually really in it personally um yeah so I have a personal investment in everything I do. So therefore I think I tend to take things a little bit more personally. And, and that's something that I absolutely could work on because everybody, everybody's doing things on their, out of their own heart and their own place. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And acting in such a way that is a reflection of their belief system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has never has anything to do about us. And I, mm-hmm. I try to, instill that understanding that knowledge in my daughter constantly Mm, because they're at such a tender age absolutely 17 where their Mm -hmm. social connections their peer group is so important Mm -hmm. and they personalize every little thing but yeah but what Mm -hmm. I liked about you know the book starts off like ah you're failing because your words are bad and you take everything personal and you're thinking oh my god which is probably (laughs) my approach (laughs) stop reading the book but it it's ends, really <laughs> but no, but it ends so powerfully. It's like if you break the agreements, start all over again. Mm-hmm. Get up the next morning, 
and start afresh, start anew. I wish I could describe to everyone at who's listening, if this was a Zoom <laughs> podcast, <laughs> they could see the beautiful studio that you're sitting in right now to record our conversation. This is open space, bright white walls. You have some nice greenery hanging from the back wall. The sun is shining through. We have a beautiful sunny day here in the Comox Valley. And it's just such a beautiful open space, a reflection of that open-mindedness that, that you are as a person, for sure. Um, it's just been such a pleasure, Rachel, to sit and not only chat with you, but to look back at the room behind you and feel <laughs> that big open space and know just so much how much meaning went into that, that space to create it, to yeah. create your open field. Mm -hmm. With, with, uh, with a, a gaggle of support behind me. I, I look at my oh, studio and not only do I see my dream, but I see all the people supporting, supporting me and behind me, my family and my friends and teachers, all those things. So I come in here and I really, I really do feel that I feel my own dream and I feel all the people that helped me get here. Yeah. So you have good reason to be celebrating that one year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. And you have a bit of a promotion. Woo -woo, at home Ooh. by myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, right now we have a we have a giveaway. You could you could uh, win my sweatshirt and uh, and some swag to celebrate my one year anniversary. And uh, but also we just opened an online studio called the Movement Stores where we will we have membership base and we will be uh, having a ever-growing video on demand library. So that launches February 1st. So there's a bit of promotion there. You can get a, your first year for 50% off right now. So the studio is called Align Movement Studios, Aligned Movement Studios with an S.com. Check it out. Book a class, try something new. She's also on, Rachel has her website and her presence online, also on Instagram and on Facebook. Rachel, thank you so much for being my fourth guest, episode Yay. number four. So exciting. Well, congratulations. I, I think that this is, is going to be really amazing to watch all these, these great presenters and, and the way that you do masterfully connect with everybody and, and how you can foster community and growth. Yay. Yeah, that's Congratulations. my That's my why right there. Yeah. Amazing Foster community through storytelling. Yeah. You know, if there were a downside to going online, it would be the loss of human connection. The ability to give a colleague a hug or a client an encouraging tap on the shoulder or a pat on the back. In the wellness industry, that meant no hands-on treatment or adjustments to improve their body alignment in a posture, which often contributes to an enhanced client's experience from a class or session. But being the world that it is today, we learn and we grow, we adjust and we overcome. The upside is the degree to which COVID got us out of our rigidity and into a creative and more fluid way of thinking in order to explore ideas. For Rachel to accomplish the shift while moving forward meant slowing down and connecting, a value she speaks about admirably and honors. It's one of her agreements to do her best even when knowing how to do it isn't readily available. Rachel found the courage, dug into her value system, relying on community to connect 
ask questions, reach out and seek advice from others in similar circumstances. Don't make assumptions. The third of the four agreements. It's no wonder a book read over a decade ago came flashing back for Rachel. You know, the subconscious mind has a mysterious and magical way of recalling vital and useful pieces of information and flooding our frontal cortex with hidden secrets in a time of crisis and a time when we need it most. And let's face it, in 2020, we were in crisis reaction mode. If there could only be a, one book to help guide us through life's lessons, the four agreements might just be that one. It's a quick read or a fast listen if you prefer audio versions. I highly recommend it and I am so glad Rachel brought it back into the forefront of my mind too. Unfacts is a podcast by MGG Communications, a public relations strategy that focuses on building a brand strategy by first tapping into the individual's backstory. If you are enjoying listening to these backstories of COVID crusaders, please share and subscribe in your favorite listening app. At MGG Inc., our business is telling your business. Thank you.